Hey y'all, you're listening to The Coffee Shop, and I'm your host, Lindsay Acosta. If you know me, then you know that I love coffee, and The Coffee Shop is where I've had some of my favorite and hardest conversations. I've laughed, cried, mourned, and rejoiced with friends as we sat across from one another, a coffee between us. So I hope you'll pull up a chair to my table and have conversations with me as I talk about all things Jesus related in hopes that it will equip, teach, and empower you in your walk with the Lord. Welcome to the coffee shop. So I really want to talk about discipleship and I know this word gets tossed around in church and it's used pretty often um, at church and in Christian circles and things like that, but it's also not typically acted upon, much less taught. And just for clarity purposes, I'm not referring to small groups. Those are amazing and they are definitely needed to create community and relationships within the church and within the body of Christ. But for this specific episode, I am talking about intentional discipleship. And intentional discipleship is such an important aspect of the kingdom and of our walk with the Lord, but it's so often forgotten or viewed as unnecessary, but yet it is probably one of the most vital things to the kingdom. So today I'm going to teach you a more pain-free and easy way to disciple others. Um, It's going to be just a very general rule of thumb for discipling. And then we're also going to talk about why you should be discipling and how it will not only change someone else's life, but yours as well. So by now y'all know that I'm a words girl and I love to look up the meanings behind words. So naturally I'm going to start this off by giving y'all the definition of discipleship so we can better understand what we're supposed to be doing. So discipleship comes from the word disciple, obviously, and disciple has two meanings. The first one is a personal follower of Jesus during his life, especially one of the 12 apostles. And then the second meaning is a follower or student of a teacher, leader, or philosopher. So obviously the first definition does not apply to us because, you know, Jesus is no longer on the earth during his lifetime. I mean, he's kind of alive, but y'all know what I mean. Um, But the second one does apply to us. We are called to be disciples of Jesus. We are called to be followers of him, followers of, you know, him being the teacher and uh, the leader. So basically that's step one. Step one to discipleship is being a disciple yourself. In order to disciple someone else, you know, to teach them how to follow Jesus, you have to follow Jesus yourself. Now, I am going to do a separate episode on what it means to follow Jesus and what we're called to do. Kind of like, you know, the basics of being a believer. But for now, I really just want to focus on how to disciple others. That was step one. Step two is taking action to help teach someone. Now, discipleship is 
very close to my heart. I love doing it. I love talking about it. I love teaching about it. It really just brings me a lot of joy. But when I think about how to teach someone else to do it, you know, my my first thought is I don't know how to tell someone how to do this. Like, it just kind of comes naturally to me. I just naturally do it. So how do you actually disciple? And then I realized that is it. You just go and you do it. And whenever I think about discipleship, I always think of the verse um, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. And it says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you And surely I am with you always to the very ends of the age. The very first word that Jesus uses in that verse is go. And go is an action word and it implies that we are to take action and not just sit idly by. So the second step to discipleship is to just go and don't overthink it. Jesus was always in the streets talking to people, teaching them about God, and just loving on them. Like, there there wasn't this grand plan. He didn't meet up with his disciples every morning and be like, Okay, guys, at 12 o'clock, we got to go have lunch with my homie Lazarus. And then at 4, we need to make sure that I'm on my way to do a miracle so that a woman could touch the hem of my robe. And, you know, we can't miss out on feeding the 5,000, which was almost 20,000. If you include the women and the children, no, that's not what he did. Like he didn't just plan out every single step of the way. He wasn't focused on the plan itself. He was focused on the action of teaching people and equipping people and loving people. His sole focus wasn't the plan itself, but to engage with people and to love them where they were and to understand and meet their needs. So don't get in your head about, you know, what you're going to do or how you're going to do it or if you're going to even do it correctly. Because in order for discipleship to work, you have to let the Holy Spirit lead just like Jesus did. Love people first and then the rest will come after. So... Let's say you found someone to disciple. Either they asked you to do it or you asked them to do it. Or maybe it just kind of happened naturally. Either way, your next step, step number three, is to teach them God's commands. Because going back to the verse that we talked about earlier, you know, after Jesus tells them to go and make disciples, he tells them to do this by teaching them to obey his commands. And how can you obey a command if you don't know what his commands are now obviously there's a ton of commands and standards that you know we are called to live by so you know that's kind of where reading your bible and studying comes in you have to teach whoever you're discipling how to read the bible at the very least and then at the very most you really should be teaching them how to deep study and then if you don't know how to do that yourself go learn Part of discipling someone is understanding that you don't know it all and that you don't have it all together and that you are also learning. Um, Some other things that you can do aside from studying the Bible is loving people, serving people, 
fleeing from temptation, sacrificing things that God says to sacrifice, you know, being obedient. All of these things fall into that category of keeping God's commands. And so, you know, these are all great topics to explore and to execute. It's it's not enough to just talk about them with whoever you're mentoring or even just among yourself. You have to also execute it. You have to live it out. So, you know, if there's something that you need to work on before you disciple someone or if there's something that the person that you're discipling needs to work on, you know, find a book or a podcast or a video about one of these topics or, you know, a topic that the Lord is bringing to your attention. Take the time and explore that topic. Learn about it and then actually go do it because, you know, without action, it's simply just knowledge in your head. And our goal is to change lives and grow the kingdom. And you can't do that unless you're actively trying to change it. So again, you know, we're calling upon that that action word to go and do something. And to be honest, you know, it's something that we should be doing whether the person we're discipling is a new believer or a seasoned believer. Um, and that kind of leads me to, you know, the second half of step three. I'm calling it step 3.2. Um Sometimes you have to be willing to change what you're doing to fit the need. You know, we need to teach whoever we're discipling what they need to know. And that looks different for everybody. And it looks different in different seasons. So, you know, for new believers, you're probably going to want to teach them more of the fundamentals. Like how to pray, how to read the Bible, how to hear from the Lord, those types of things. But for somebody who's a more seasoned believer, they're going to need more of a challenge. And... You might want to suggest them reading the Bible in a year, maybe doing some deep studies or exploring their spiritual gifts in a deeper way. Just things that, you know, are a little bit more challenging than the basics. And you might start off doing one thing and figure out that they need another thing and you have to learn to adapt because at the end of the day, It's about them and it's not about you. You might love talking about prayer, but, you know, then you find out they need help learning how to serve and they need to understand why we serve. And so you, you pivot, you adapt, you change what you're learning about to the need that they currently have. You focus on their needs and you tailor your teachings around those needs. So again, You know, let the Lord lead both of you in what you should be teaching uh, and learning. Now, with all of that being said, when you decide to disciple, have a conversation about what your mentee needs. You know, figure out what they're wanting to learn, what areas they're wanting to grow in, and kind of go from there. And, you know, y'all can establish a plan, like what books you're going to read, some things that you're going to do to take action, to execute whatever you're learning. Um, and and that's a good way to start. Now, you know, y'all may have a plan and then figure out that you need to change it, and that's okay too. Like I said, you have to adapt to the needs of the person that you're discipling. And y'all, you've got to make sure that your own walk with the Lord is strong enough for you to hear from him about the people you're discipling. Uh, I had a friend once say, you cannot lead someone where you are not willing to go yourself. You have to 
be willing to check yourself. And honestly, that's just so true. And I know that we've all heard the cliche, you can't fill others with an empty cup, but it applies to this. Pour into someone else in a way that they need it. You know, know when you need to find a mentor yourself while you disciple someone. You might need somebody to be filling your cup while you fill someone else's. You have to be willing to go and do things that he calls us to do, even if it's outside of your comfort zone. I mean, how can you expect others to follow you if you're not willing to go yourself? You can't encourage someone to go serve if you're not willing to serve yourself. So all that was step four. I kind of just threw it in there. Um, So let's just recap real quick. Step one of being a disciple is you have to be a disciple yourself. You have to be a follower of Jesus and actively strengthen your relationship with him every day. Step two is go and be with people. Love them. Serve them. Find and meet their needs. Step three is teach those who want to be taught. Teach them the Lord's commands and help them strengthen their walk with the Lord. That's basically the essential of what you're doing with discipleship. That's what it is in a summary. You are teaching someone who wants to be taught, who wants to be equipped, and you're teaching them the Lord's commands. You're helping them strengthen their walk with the Lord, and you're helping them grow in the Lord. And then step four is, you know, keep strengthening your walk with the Lord. That is so important um, because, like, I said earlier, you know, you can't fill someone else with an, with an empty cup. So keep strengthening your personal walk with the Lord. And again, it's really just about doing it and taking action. Being willing to go where the Lord is leading you and to disciple those who the Lord is calling you to disciple. It is all about obedience, wisdom, and action. But now that I have explained overall how to disciple, let me elaborate on why we disciple and its importance. So discipleship is intentional teaching and intentional relationship. It's you taking the time to specifically and intentionally mentor and teach someone in order to help them grow their relationship with God. And sometimes this might be a group of people But it is wise to keep it as a small group, like, you know, one to four people. That's probably about the max you should do. And, you know, when Jesus discipled his disciples, he did life with them. And he taught them through both action and words. So he wasn't afraid to show them what he was teaching them. You know, when he taught about serving, he served. When he taught about prayer, he prayed. And when he taught about miracles, he did the miraculous. And I know that sometimes we get confused with small groups. Like we we see small groups as discipleship. And like I said at the beginning, they're not the same. They're different. And I'm going to kind of explain a few differences between them so you can get a better understanding of what we're talking about. And, you know, the biggest difference between small groups and discipling is that small groups aren't designed to produce deep spiritual maturity. And... You know, small groups really are a wonderful tool and they really should be ministries in the church, but their goal is not to produce deep spiritual maturity. It's more so to produce community, which is something we need. And another thing is that discipleship also produces equipped 
followers of Jesus instead of just community. Um, small groups are about teaching an overall message. And then usually people are sharing, you know, their thoughts, their convictions, things like that. And then everybody just goes home. And sometimes you have a worksheet and homework. But discipleship is about equipping people. It's about holding them accountable. And it's about them actively using what they've learned. Small groups is typically low commitment, low cost. You know, you're rarely giving something up when you attend a small group. You might be giving up like one night of the week. Uh, but essentially, that's, that's about it. Now, discipleship is high commitment, high cost. And when someone is being discipled, it's because they are choosing to go deeper into their relationship with Christ. They are going to have to sacrifice time. They are going to have to deny their flesh. And they are going to have to put in the hard work of studying and learning and doing. And there's a lot more sacrifice when someone is seeking holiness. And that's not to say that people in small groups aren't seeking holiness or that, you know, they aren't trying to strengthen their walk with the Lord. That's not what I'm saying at all. I led a small group for four years with some of the most amazing women. And, you know, we saw so many breakthroughs. We all grew immensely with the Lord. We built community and, and we did. We went deeper in our relationship with the Lord. But it was not as intentional as my discipleship group. And that's okay. Different people are in different seasons. The people in small groups just might not be ready for something so intentional as discipleship. And that is okay. Love them anyway. Try to teach them things when you can and just wait until they're ready to take the next step of discipleship. Now, something else to note is that one of the goals of small groups is to develop fellowship while one of the goals of discipleship is to develop leaders. The whole point of discipleship is to make disciples so that they can make disciples. We help them grow and be equipped in their relationship with the Lord so that they can do the same for someone else. You know, our modern world and our modern churches have forgotten the magnitude of discipleship and the impact it has on the kingdom. And if it wasn't for Jesus' disciples going out in the world and making other disciples, they, they went out to all of the nations and they really just told everybody about the good news and they loved on people and they taught them and they equipped them and they established churches. They showed others Jesus and if they hadn't done that, we would not be here. If it wasn't for Jesus' disciples going out into the world and making disciples, we would not be here. And I don't think y'all understand the impact of that, the magnitude of that. Had it not been for the disciples going and making more disciples, disciples of all nations, and teaching them the commands of the Lord, our churches would not be here today. The Christian faith would not be here today. The disciples were the ones to first establish churches. And because of that domino effect, centuries later, all it took was for you know one person now to say, I'm going to follow the Lord and be obedient and I'm going to disciple my family and my children. And then because of that, 
You know, we now have generations of families who have been brought up in the church, who have birthed anointed believers who do wonders for the kingdom. You know, we have we have generations of families who have established churches and who have brought revivals and transformations in cities. And if it wasn't for someone in my family making the intentional choice to follow Jesus and disciple their family, I would not be here. And because of discipleship, we have missionaries who are bringing the gospel to the world. We have people who are planting churches. We have people who are leading small groups or serving in kids ministry or who are serving in shelters and bringing Jesus to the homeless. We are discipling people to equip them in their walk with the Lord so that they will be prepared to seek a life of holiness. We equip them so that they will be prepared to equip others. We equip them so that they can witness to others and grow the kingdom. We equip them so that they can help others seek a life of holiness. Thanks for listening to this week's episode on The Coffee Shop. I'd love to connect with you more on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. See y'all next week.